Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fuel Better podcast. I am your host as always, Evan Lynch, your friendly neighborhood dietitian. We have a cracker of an episode today, so without further ado, let's get into it. If you are interested in working with my team and I, you can click the link in bio there or you can head over to my website www.evanlynchfitnot.com and you can look at our performance coaching packages. We also do work with clients for all things weight loss. And we do have a year-round consultation clinic as well. Little known fact, all of our services are covered by health insurance. So if you're thinking that you want to make an improvement in your sports nutrition, maybe your body composition, maybe you just want to have an MOT to make sure your diet is all good, please reach out. You can get in touch at info at evanlynchfitnot.com or as I said, you can head over to that link in our website. Our clients at the moment are doing extremely well. We're having wins on all fronts from behavior change to sustained weight loss to national and international medalists. People's doing PBs all around. So if you want to be part of this really high achieving team, get in touch. You know how to find us. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about ketone supplementation. It's become quite a popular thing. It's big on social media. There's a lot of companies selling ketone salts and esters, some of which are not well dosed or, you know, not very practical. Um, However, I wanted to cover it as ketones are something I get a lot of questions about. It's something people are confused about. It's frequently mistaken for ketogenic diets and with the potential application to sports performance I felt that this episode was reasonably long overdue so I felt now is as good a time as any to discuss the state of the scientific evidence on ketone ester and salt supplementation for endurance athletes. So because we're doing a episode on a supplement I suppose it's probably important to give some context to what the supplement is what are ketones, why might they be impactful for performance, or at least what are some of the proposed theories behind that. So I think it's easiest to start off with this. When we are looking at sports nutrition, a lot of the interventions we do are based around sparing glycogen. Glycogen is how you store carbohydrates in your muscles and in your liver. And if you want to think about it, it's your kind of preferred fuel source as an athlete As your glycogen stores run low, you start to feel a little bit more tired, you get a little bit less effective at contracting your muscles, your work rate drops, your motivation to progress and proceed drops, and when that glycogen reaches a critical low threshold or runs out, 
that's when performance falls off the cliff edge and it's more commonly known as hitting the wall or bonking in some circles. So we want to do things to prevent that glycogen running out, i.e. glycogen sparing. Some of the more common and uh, commonplace dietary practices you are probably aware of, carbohydrate loading before endurance events, eating carbs before you train, taking on gels, drinks, etc. intra-workout. Those are all means and ways of giving you a different carb source to burn instead of your glycogen. So we're talking about exogenous and endogenous oxidation. So if you ever have the inclination to read a research paper, you should know that exogenous carbohydrates, that's carbohydrates that you ingest. Endogenous carbohydrate oxidation, that's carbohydrates that you're burning from within your glycogen stores. So we we look at all of the things that improve exogenous carb oxidation as that spares your glycogen. So we can keep your glycogen tank as high as possible, endurance performance, general sports performance, whether it be soccer, rugby, baseball, whatever it might be, the higher your glycogen levels generally, the better you perform. And this is where fat oxidation comes in. And there was, I suppose, a big push towards keto adaptation, fat optimization a couple of years back with the idea being, well, if we can get someone very, very good at oxidizing fat, burning fat, etc., well, then it doesn't really matter if they're, you know, going to lose their glycogen or not because they're brilliant at burning fat. That's not entirely accurate, I should say. You can be very good at oxidizing fat at multiple intensities of exercise, but generally speaking, the better you are at burning fat, the more glycogen you spare. I should point out that, you know, even the glycogen sparing side of things, the mathematics of fat-fueled work, it, it does make more sense superficially. You have thousands of calories of body fat on your body, whereas your glycogen store is good for about 100 minutes of exercise or a 10k if you're a high-level athlete. So it's pretty small, pretty finite, hence the obsession in the science world in preserving and, you know, you know, keeping that glycogen as high as possible. However, the research world has looked at fat oxidation and fat adaptation, and I've covered this on social media and in probably a previous podcast as well at some stage. And the reality is this, we don't want our athletes to be fat adapted or on ketogenic diets for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, if we were trying to crush someone's endocrine system, give them erectile dysfunction or lose their menstrual cycle, we would put them on a very low carbohydrate diet or give them low glycogen availability, i.e. not a lot of carbs around training. That's a very effective way to elicit that response. Second, and this is unisex, bone health in periods of low glycogen availability, again, not necessarily just energy poor energy intakes but low carb intakes are also correlated with down trends in bone mineralization so it's not uncommon to see an athlete with a stress fracture who has been on a low carb or a high fat diet that's pretty commonplace at least from what i see clinically and what i've read in the research paper that mechanism kind of supports that idea third and most interesting from a performance perspective they have looked at optimizing athletes on fat putting them on high fat versus high carb versus periodized diets and interestingly when you're on a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet whatever it might be your vo2 max increases 
and your hemoglobin mass in hematocrit or your red blood cell count increases as well which is interesting and we'll talk about that later but performance time is way slower it's way worse so we know that fat oxidation number one is a less efficient mechanism in elite athletes and that's an important distinction because the more well-trained you are aerobically speaking that is or the, the more of a background you have in endurance sports the better generally speaking you are at oxidizing fat so in elite athletes being fat adapted resulted in slower race performance which is interesting and important to note so looking at ketone supplementation in this context when we look at ketones we're talking about ketone bodies that's generally the end goal of someone going on a low carbohydrate diet is to get into a state of ketosis whereby you've run out of glycogen or glucose i suppose to use as fuel and your body starts making ketones beta hydroxybutyrate is the the one of note and the reason it's kind of novel and it's interesting and intriguing is that your muscles can readily use ketones as a fuel source so they can actually burn ketones for fuel it is worth noting that from a low carb ketogenic dietary perspective you do have a lot of drawbacks the items i mentioned there but supplementation that might not require a background ketogenic diet and you could just try ketone supplements themselves to elicit that ketogenic response possibly to preserve your glycogen levels and there's a, there's a bit of research as well that's emerging at the moment to suggest that it can increase red blood cell counts which i'll talk about shortly so that's the that's the backdrop we want to spare glycogen as endurance athletes however it's clearly unfavorable to be on a high fat diet or a ketogenic diet not just from a performance perspective alone but from a health perspective on a day-to-day -day basis it's not a good idea and ketones as supplements they might provide kind of a good compromise between sparing that glycogen promoting fat oxidation without all of the day-to-day -day health drawbacks so with that in mind let's take a look at you know what the research actually says about this and whether or not based on that we could suggest that you use ketone supplementation to improve your performance so i'm going to discuss ketone supplements under two contexts their ability to improve red blood cell mass and their impact on performance so first i'm going to talk about the impact of ketone bodies on red blood cell mass or hemoglobin and hematocrit to be specific so it, it's relevant for endurance athletes you know to, to look at hematological profiles particularly hemoglobin as that's where oxygen is transported and a lot of aerobic sports boil down to your ability and capacity to transport oxygen around your body so if there's something you can take that increases epo production and the knock-on impacts of that that's very beneficial blood doping and taking epo were kind of the cheating mechanisms of choice for multiple tour de france winners notably lance armstrong and multiple now banned or mostly banned i would imagine um, professional athletes who were doped in the past because it has such a beneficial impact and this all came about from study into diabetics actually where they looked at ketone 
ketone bodies, ketogenic diets, and the impact it might have there in a therapeutic perspective. The idea being you take out glucose metabolism in a diabetic, you have no problem. It's not as simple as that. Um, we generally don't recommend that. But was what, what was noted, I should say, is that ketones seemed to increase red blood cell mass. And that was in a diabetic cohort, clearly very, very different from your um, athletic cohorts or your endurance athlete cohorts. But nonetheless, it's still relevant. In some other research on athletes by McKay AL, where they were looking at ketogenic adaptation, what they found was athletes on ketogenic diets did have increased levels of red blood cell mass in as little as six days of being adapted to um, ketogenic dieting. Now, that, that's not the same as ketone supplementation. That's a ketogenic diet. They do, they do achieve the same end point, ketone metabolism, turning down glycolysis or breaking down sugars and favoring that ketone metabolism. So it seems to be that getting into ketosis via dietary mechanisms or via supplementation strategies, it appears to have some sort of signaling effect with respect to EPO or erythropoietin production and its knock-on effect on increasing red blood cell mass. So the most recent study on this, and it's actually covered on Asker Eukendrup's website, my sports science, really interesting place to go, where they looked at the possible impact of ketone bodies on EPO production. So they supplemented these athletes with ketone bodies after a bout of exercise and what they found was the area under the curve or the I suppose production over time of EPO was more than threefold higher than that of the control group which is very very interesting in of itself and it points it points to a possible beneficial and legal way of bumping up EPO levels and the the magnitude of this the I suppose the ingestion of the ketones resulted in approximately a 20% bump in EPO production, which would have the same knock-on effect on human physiology as being at about 2,000 meters altitude, which is very, very interesting. Of note, the doses required were quite high, and the type of supplement that we're looking at here, ketones, not very easy to take in high doses as they tend to be pretty uh, expensive and they have a very bitter taste and peri-workout in particular high chunks of fat can be very difficult to tolerate so it may not be something you could look at taking whilst exercising just to put that out there so whilst this study is referred to as kind of proof in principle i.e case in point that ketones can absolutely have this beneficial impact on athletic physiology and specifically ketone monoesters is what we're looking at here they are expensive you do need them in high doses but just to to note there's a building body of evidence right now that mechanistically at least it seems like it could be a beneficial thing to do though i must i must preface that or i must finish off that thought by also acknowledging that in this paper itself the general consensus is proof in principle is there i.e 
it does what we thought it did it'll bump up epo levels which in theory will help with red blood cell profile aerobic capacity oxygen transport all that jazz but here's the thing and this is the important thing and you you need to bear this in mind if you have anemia or iron deficiency that's a three month turnaround time to boost your hematological profile if you go to altitude you need to more or less stay at altitude for a couple of weeks you know two to three weeks at least before you get a beneficial response it's likely that the ketone signaling and it's thought that the signaling is affecting something called histone h3 acetylation which has a knock-on effect on transcription and gene signaling it's likely that that's an acute and transient thing so it would be like if i punch you in the arm and you are sore for a couple of minutes as opposed to feeling that pain for weeks on end that's a crap analogy i am thinking off the top of my head here these are all unscripted it's probably obvious but the the thing to note is that is it just a temporary and transient response to ketone ingestion and does that actually translate to real profound changes to someone's hematological profile i.e will taking ketone monoester supplements over periods of time actually and truly bump up your hemoglobin levels bump up your red blood cell mass your hematocrit and in turn have a profound effect on performance the answer is we don't know yet because the research hasn't been done so for now it's not necessarily advised or advisable that you would take a ketone monoester supplement. We, we can't really say that with certainty that it's going to be helpful. And when we take in the, the potential drawbacks, namely the price, the taste and the palatability, for now at least until this research base is fully elucidated, in terms of aerobic performance and capacity, your best bet is still train do altitude training if you have the ability to do it try an altitude tent make sure that you're getting enough iron b12 folate vitamin c a e in your diet and some copper those are all relevant for red blood cell production and make sure you do your bloods that your iron levels are high enough perhaps you need an iron supplement for now those are really the only things that we can advise if we want to act in an evidence-based manner be very wary of people who tout mechanistic data with very little human human trials or human-based research to back that up. Uh, mechanisms don't always translate into anything for, for sure. Yeah, case in point, branched-chain amino acids, BCAAs, which are very popular, will increase muscle protein synthetic response signaling and will activate your mTOR pathway. If you just take BCAAs alone, you don't build muscle. You have the signaling, but not the actual protein synthesis because you're missing all of the ingredients or most of the ingredients to build muscle mass. So I will probably cover this when the research does come out because it'll be great and it'll be a tool I will use with patients and clients all the time. But for now, it's mechanistic data. And if we want to work properly and work by evidence-based practitioner guidelines 
at this point in time, we can't recommend ketone monoester or salt supplementation for bumping up your red blood cell profile. So now to look at it from the performance side of things. I'm going to start first of all with a 2020 meta-analysis by Valenzuela AL, and they looked at the effect of ketone supplementation on performance for aerobic events from 0 to 50 minutes. So granted, that does chalk out most half marathoners, marathoners, cyclists, etc. But the mechanisms are likely still the same, if not very, very similar for most people. This study, basically the outcome was that there's no clear improvement. There's no benefit for either performance, rate of perceived exertion, respiration rate, heart rate at pace or oxidation rate, or how much carbs or fats you're burning across the board despite noted rises in serum ketone levels so that's that's probably a good place to start and the meta-analysis is a high level of evidence and it's important when there's a relatively small research base that we do have a high level of evidence for something like this because i'm going to directly follow this up with a smaller study single study done in a group of endurance athletes not highly trained endurance athletes where they looked at ketone ester supplements and 30 minute time trial performance and they noted a 2% improvement which flies in the face of the meta-analysis. If you were to pick meta-analysis or single trial as a basis of making your opinion you would go with the meta-analysis. So that Cox AL study was interesting and in a, in a time trial in a 30 minute time trial you can very easily dump through your glycogen stores so it does look like that the ketone had a slight glycogen sparing effect perhaps the athletes were able to benefit from that in that 30 minute event of note if we're critical it's important to establish that during exercise typically um if we have ketones present really are going to struggle to burn carbs or they're not entirely antagonistic but somewhat so is it that you know the glycogen was spared in these athletes or were they simply unable to burn it or did it matter at all because in a study by Evans al where they looked at the impact on EPO of um, after taking ketone supplements I mentioned this earlier on what they did note because they did get the athletes to do a bout of exercise they did note that ketone supplements inhibited glycolytic rates and you could say that reduced glycolytic rates means glycogen sparing perhaps or perhaps it decreases your ability to burn carbohydrates which if you're trying to compete at a high rate or if it's getting hot or you're trying to simply go as fast as possible a decreased capacity to burn carbohydrates is probably not favorable but of note, the ketones had no real impact on one's capacity to oxidize fat. So there was no there was no performance improvement shown in this study either, and that's important to note. So this was uh, approximately a three-hour bout of exercise, no performance improvement. It did decrease one's capacity to burn carbohydrates. Is that like it in sparing an action? It's hard to say. Another study by Poff AL looked at ketone supplements in 12 endurance athletes. They were cyclists or triathletes. 
over another three hour period of exercise and these athletes were taking on 60 grams of carbs an hour and periodically were taking on ketone esters. What was interesting was that this study showed no difference, no significant difference in muscle glycogen or oxidation rates for fats or carbs and there was no performance improvement between control and study groups. What was notable however about this study was that the athletes showed a slight drop in blood pH or the acidity of their blood that might have unfavorable effects on recovery, enzyme function and capacity to oxidize carbohydrates effectively. Though it didn't appear to have a performance impact in the study in mind in case here, it is important to be aware of that and see perhaps in longer duration events there may be a more prolonged or attenuated impact on blood pH which would have a significant detrimental impact uh, of course. What is important to bear in mind or at least a very interesting that same group POF AL they did also do a follow-up study and showed that co-ingestion of your ketone monoesters with sodium bicarbonate inhibited any detrimental effect so it it made sure that the blood pH didn't drop and thus the ketones actually had a positive impact on performance so co-ingestion there mitigated that negative impact and perhaps the answer for optimal performance supplementation strategies is that ketone monoesters are complexed with items like possibly L-carnitine, beta-alanine or sodium bicarb which may have lactic acid buffering effects so that's important to bear in mind and probably will shape future so we have three different studies mentioned there, uh, four different studies to date and four entirely different outcomes and that's what we mean when we say the evidence base is inconclusive. Each study tells us slightly different things. It probably comes down to not having robust methods in place, not having feeding strategies in place, differences in terms of dosing, dosing methods, exercise intensity, duration, but the overarching theme so far is we wouldn't expect ketones to improve performance. We can expect them to slightly inhibit perhaps your capacity to burn carbohydrates slash glycogen sparing effect and we don't expect them to increase our rate of fat oxidation. So if we're not looking at any improvement on performance you might think oh well case closed maybe there's no point in taking ketones and you would be wrong so the the reason that's the case is there's there's one other element to performance that i haven't touched on yet and it's it's the big one it's the other 23 hours of the day it's recovery so there's very intriguing data observing the effects when ketone monoesters are taken in conjunction with adequate amounts of carbohydrates and protein and that's important in isolation it doesn't appear to have that beneficial effect however when you take the ketones with the carbs or with the proteins it has different different kind of metabolic impacts so first of all i'm, I'm reading this from a paper by mansoor and Wu which observes the effects of ketones on exercise recovery. So ketones alone show 
a twofold increase in insulin concentrations after exercise and they also appear to increase the activity in the GLUT4 transporter so that's the insulin independent transporter that causes our cells to hoover up glucose when we are exercising so that's really interesting and the reason that's interesting is number one anything that increases GLUT4 activity in that post-exercise period will improve not diminish will improve your capacity to absorb carbohydrates into cells i.e it will help in superior levels and rates of glycogen replenishment number two if you have hyperinsulinemia or elevated levels of insulin post-workout what that's going to do is it's going to stimulate mTOR pathways so the the mTOR is the mammalian target of rapamycin pathway it's considered to be kind of your your step one in cell signaling for muscle building responses or anabolic responses and that's really interesting that the ketone itself will cause both of those to to kind of elicit that response but it's important to know that ketones alone will not help recovery much like i mentioned and alluded to earlier in this uh, recording signaling isn't necessarily the same thing as physiological impact or tangible effects so it is important to note that only when you have a ketone with some glucose will you see an enhanced rate of glycogen replenishment or only when you have ketones with protein will you see a decrease in muscle breakdown and an increase in muscle repair particularly if the protein you're consuming is high in leucine so basically if we want someone to recover quickly which is generally the case what we are going to want to do after exercise is have a drink that has some carbohydrates and proteins in it and coincide that with the ingestion of our ketone ester supplements and just from looking at some of the research papers here particularly the more recent ones you're looking at around 290 milligrams of ketone esters per kg of body weight so it can be a fairly chunky requirement there in that post-workout period it may not be feasible for everybody however based on the research that i'm after reading to prepare for this episode today and the findings that have come from it this is something that i will be putting in place with athletes who number one have the budget for it and number two actually require extensive recovery so really thinking about the acute stages before something like an Ironman or your biggest training week of the season or someone who's doing multi-day events like stage cyclists perhaps that will be a really targeted and reasonable use of these ketone ester supplements for most people to be honest the price target is still out of range for it being a practical part of your day-to-day dietary protocols so for now the evidence base is this on ketone supplementation it is not going to improve performance we can't say that it will we can say that it may negatively impact performance by negatively impacting carbohydrate oxidation rates we can say that it will probably increase your red blood cell mass the proof in principle is there there is a lack of long-term data to 
put this into practice to do to do that so in the meantime the advice would be right now to check your iron levels make sure that you eat enough iron in your diet supplement if necessary um from a performance perspective it's still carbs 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 100 percent but the one thing you can take away from this study is that if you do want to boost your recovery very very significantly there is enough evidence at this point in time to suggest that ketone ester supplementation would be a good shout so on that interesting note i'm going to end today's podcast episode if you found it helpful insightful informative or useful I would really appreciate if you could leave me a review, tell a friend about it, and we share this podcast on your social media. The podcast is starting to grow, and I would really like to keep that trend uh, going. So if you do like it, please share the love, and thanks again for listening today. Keep in tune, or stay tuned, I should say, for more episodes. We have some interesting ones in the pipeline in the near future, so yeah, watch this space. Okay. That's all from me. Till next time. was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 